Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed. It's episode 112. I'm Mark. I'm Jasmine. And Geeks Unleashed, what we are is a weekly um, geeky podcast where we chat about geeky. Yeah, we do what we can. Uh, (laughs) We chat about our geeky habits while mixing in a review of convent movies or TV shows every week. Mm -hmm. And before we get started, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. We appreciate that. We would also very much love it if you would like this video and subscribe to our channel. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, we appreciate that as well. We would also love it if you would leave us a review, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Also, please give us your money at Ko-Fi. Any little bit helps to keep the meter on. So. Yes, every little bit helps. So, before we uh, busy week, right? It's a busy well, week, busy news week, anyway. Well, yeah, yeah. There was it was the announcement that we all knew was coming. Yeah, so. our buddy Jimbo finally got his shit together. It seems. <laughs> it's um, I've I've noticed some mixed and fair reactions. <clears throat> so from it, so yeah. There are a lot um, of these things. I'm going to be honest. I've never even heard of. So, I, I okay. So we, we let's just jump into it. So yeah, uh, Jimbo set up a 10 year plan, and he's revealed. I think he said most of it or some of it. I, I assume there's some curveballs to come out. I yeah. guess it leaves. I guess it leaves him some wiggle room. Should he want to play around with things? Um, so what we know is that flash will be a reset of the dcu mm-hmm. what i noticed is that he's just referring to it as the dcu not the dcu anymore right they they've put matt reeves's batman and todd phillips joker under this thing called elseworlds um mm, okay. i've also seen seen that superman and lois the cw tv show may carry on for another season or two so mm-hmm. those things are safe i would put money on it that they're safe for probably the next two years and then i would assume and we'll, we'll talk about the plan of Superman in a minute. Yeah. But I would assume that once the new sort of DCU 2.0, so to speak, happens, yeah. I would assume Superman and Lois is probably on his, on his end of days. I imagine so, Superman and Lois is going to run until July 10th, 2025. <laughs> yeah, at least that, that far. <laughs> um, so, and then what's going to happen is, so Flash will, Flash will be the reset. And what I say mm-hmm. is the reset is going to... F- reset portions of the dcu which not... is not really a surprise because flash was always going to be a multiverse film we've always known that yeah i think it was you know <laughs> it, it was not planned by mm-hmm. J- james gunn and um Peter saffron however it's kind of nicely fallen into their laps mm-hmm. as, a, as a way of resetting things if they hadn't had that they probably would have done something else so what what they've said is that we've got some movies coming up. We've got Shazam this year. We've got Aquaman. We've got Flash. Got Blue Beetle. And I think they're kind of really going to be old DCU. But Flash will be the reset. What so what they've said is that the next ten years are going to be split into two chapters. The first chapter is going to be called Gods and Monsters. Mm-hmm. So do you want to me, me and Jasmine are going to flick between the two of them? So. Yeah. So they've broken it out between film and tv so they're doing a whole bunch of stuff on hbo max and then they're still doing a whole bunch of film stuff so uh oh oh, before you start so the aim is to do two tv shows and two movies per year so that seems very ambitious for a complete reorganization uh so i'm interested to see if they can actually keep that pace and if they do they're probably obviously they're not starting until 2025 which is the you'll talk about that one in a second but that's going to be the first one up it's uh the superman film but on HBO Max, they're going to be doing a follow-off right from Peacemaker, and they're doing a Waller spinoff. It's called Waller. Uh, and Viola Davis is going to come back and reprise her role as Amanda Waller. So that one is uh, basically just 
kind of all of the same stuff. So they're pulling in the the folks who had some writing for Doom Patrol. Um, so Doom Patrol is going away, but hopefully some of those guys are still going to have jobs and they're just going to just walk right over and start working on Waller. Um, I'd be interested to see what they do with that. I honestly, of of the split between the first Suicide Squad film and the second one that James Gunn did, uh, I did not like the changes that they made to Amanda Waller. Um, so I'm not that interested in the direction that his version of Amanda Waller is going. I really liked her as a more serious character in the first Suicide Squad film. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what they do with the wall um, in that one. But anytime I get to see Viola Davis on TV or in a movie, like I'm there, I'm, I'm sold, I'm excited. So I'm looking forward to Waller. And then uh, another one of the shows that they're going to do, it's going to be an animated series called Creature Commandos. And I'll be honest with you guys, never in my life have I heard of Creature Commandos. Like this is the first time. I like, I have no idea who these people are, what they're doing, but apparently they're fighting Nazis. So I'm down for that. So yeah. (laughs) I think this is what Peter and James have said that they want to now create a coherent Mm -hmm. animated TV movie and game universe now. So everything's connected. Well, listen, the TV shows and the games have been doing really well. Like, they they are well done, well written, well acted. So it makes sense. It makes sense that the TV branch and the movie branch would be talking to each other. So if James Gunn can actually make that happen, then I'm all for it. So the first movie, which is kind of the the starting point of this new DCU, it's called Superman Legacy. Um, it's meant to be based off of Grant Morrison's all-star Superman. Mm-hmm. It's going to, it's not an origin story they've said, but it's going to be um, kind of Superman just figuring out his stuff, his way in the world, his Kryptonian heritage, um, dealing with being a human. And let's be real. Superman know. is finally going to feel like an immigrant. We're going to see how that goes for him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think he's mainly always had that feeling, but yeah. Uh, No, what was it? Oh, oh it's a helicopter flying over. Oh, um, I thought you were getting a call from the the Fortress of Solitude or something. No, 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 not yet. They, I just thought, <laughs> just it was pretty low. It's going right over my house. Anyway, so uh, go on, carry on. All right. So oh, then so, next oh, oh, actually, no, hold on. Did I say when it's coming out? July eleventh, two thousand twenty-five. So that's when yeah. So that's as far as we know, that's first thing up. So Superman yeah. is going to be the first thing up. It's going to kick everything off. Um, there are absolutely no dates for anything else. Nothing else has been penciled in or even placed in the schedule. They just kind of have released a breakdown of TV and film. So the next TV is Lanterns, which honestly I'm super excited about. There was supposed to be a Lantern show that was going to be on HBO Max. And uh, Greg Berlanti, who is the architect of the Arrowverse on CW, was supposed to be in charge of this Lanterns TV show. <clears throat> that has gone away now. And... James Gunn is doing a Lanterns TV show, but he said, and this is, this is interesting because I think it could actually work because of the kind of background that the Lanterns have. Um, this TV show is very much going to be in style, in the style of sort of what HBO has already done before with True Detective, uh, which to me kind of either means it's going to be like hard edge kind of serious tone, or it's going to be one of those anthology things where every season is different characters, but it's all like in the same realm. Um, but it's going to follow Hal Jordan and John Stewart. And 
any excuse to have a John Stewart on screen, I am so down for. Um, so I, I'm very interested to see how this Lanterns TV show plays out as well. Yeah, me too. I, I, I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to that. Yeah. I, I think seriousness was the only way. Ser- the seriousness tone was the only way they could approach it. Well, especially after the way that they did the movie so horribly with Ryan Reynolds. I love Ryan Reynolds, but like Hal Jordan was not the character for him. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he would be better as a Guy Gardner type. Yes, he would have been a perfect Guy Gardner. (laughs) He would have definitely been the Guy Gardner. He would have made Guy Gardner his own. If they actually did. They, I, I mean, look, we don't bring him back. Don't do any of that. But no. if they were to, if that I mean, film De- hadn't Deadpool happened, has effectively killed him, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, if they, ha- if they hadn't have made him Hal Jordan, he would yeah. have been a perfect guy Gardner. Oh yeah. So, anyway, so next movie is the Authority, which I've actually never read a single Authority comic. What I do know is the Authority is based off of um, Jim Lee's Wildstorm characters, which Wildstorm Jim Lee sold Wildstorm across to DC a long time ago. Um, I'll be honest with you, I don't really know that much about it. Um, so, <clears throat> uh, what was I gonna say here? What we've got is not, not, um, what was it here? This is what Gunn said. Not every film and TV show is going to be about good guy versus bad guy, giant things from the sky, and good guy wins. There are some white hats, black hats, gray hats, um, and then Saffron added, they are kind of like Jack Nicholson and a few good men, they know. <laughs> They know that you want them on the wall, or at least they believe that. So I think I get the feeling it's a bit of um, a more serious tone of Avengers. That's kind of. Yeah, that's kind of what it seems like. Or it seems like uh, if anybody remembers the poorly executed Jupiter's Legacy on Netflix, it sounds like it could be something like that. Where it's something like similar this, in that. Yeah. Yeah. In that vein of the heroes that are trying to walk the line or maybe like a very toned down version of the boys where it's like are you good guys or are you bad guys i don't know we'll see i just Uh, all i remember is brian hitch did i think the artwork on it but i've never read it so yeah so the next tv show um is paradise lost which is going to be it's going to take place in themiscaria and uh it's it's set before diana is born um so it's kind of uh they (laughs) i don't know how they're going to make this work uh but their reference point for Paradise Lost is they have touted it as a Game of Thrones style drama, which makes me a bit nervous because Game of Thrones had a crap ton of nudity and I don't really see any need to have a bunch of naked Themyscirians like running around on screen. I'm cautiously optimistic about Paradise Lost. Like if they're, if they're going to take the Game of Thrones, like CGI and the Game of Thrones kind of violence, like I'm okay with that, but I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know. They, the fact that they compared it to Game of Thrones makes me a bit nervous. Uh, but Paradise Lost is going to be set in the mascara there, where the Amazons are kind of going to war, where things kind of open up and it all takes place before we get Diana. So, I'm, I'll be honest with you, of everything so far is the one I'm the least interested in. Uh, I mean... Anyway, we'll, we'll, some, yeah. we'll go through at the end, but that's the one I'm the least interested in. Anyway, next up, the Brave and the Bold. So love that cartoon. I've never seen The Brave and the Bold. Diedrich cartoon. Bader was the voice of Batman in that cartoon. Or was he? Uh it was either Diedrich Bader or Anthony Ruvivar. Oh, I can't remember. So this is gonna be the introduction of the new DCU Batman. I it's probably not gonna be Van Affleck. It probably is not gonna be Michael Keaton. It's probably gonna be somebody new. So we're gonna have 
Matt Reeves is Batman doing its own thing, but then we're going to have the Brave and the Bold, which is going to be a father and son story. New Batman and the son from comic book fans will know that Bruce Wayne actually does have a son, Damian Wayne, who I think, oh, I've forgotten his name, that uh, as, as a girl's daughter, uh, is it Talia? Oh, uh, Talia. Uh, Talia, yeah. Um, so Bruce and Talia had a daughter together. And Damien showed up in the comics during, strangely enough, Grant Morrison's run on Batman. So Grant Morrison seems to have quite an influence here so far. So Damien in the comics is, I don't know, 10 or 12 or something like that. And he's an assassin. And this story is going to follow that that story. And it's, yeah, it's based off that Grant Morrison run. And there's so, a lot of Court of Owl stuff in Batman the Brave and the Bold. So that could be interesting if, they, mm-hmm. if they're going to play up the Court of Owls. I mean, we kind of got that in Gotham, but... Gotham just was all over the place, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So something I've been wondering for a while, uh, you know, what I I did have a theory that they might incorporate the Batman into the DCU because mm-hmm. why why not? It's Matt, um, was it Patterson's younger? He could be playing Batman for the next 10, for a while. 15 years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So which I got the feeling was where James Gunn wanted to go. Wanted to bring in a lot of younger actors to play these tempole characters. Yeah. But uh, strangely enough, he he's actually going to be respectful of what Matt Reeves' vision is and leave it alone. Right. So, so like you said, he put Joker and the Batman in their own kind of universe for now. But yeah. again, this Flash film is going to open up a multiverse. So who knows how everything is going to be. Like once this Flash film finally comes out, I think we'll all have a little bit better idea of what they're trying to do. Just because it seems like this film is going to be the hinge pin of getting us from the old guys to the new guys. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the Batman new film is uh, so the sequel they've announced the sequel is actually going to be out October third two thousand twenty five, currently titled the Batman Part Two. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know. They may they may not they may call it that. They may not. We'll see. We'll, see. well I guess that's so. the two films for the year. They're doing a Superman film and a Batman film. I wonder if it's two DCU films and the Batman and the Joker outside of that. So mm, I don't know. I, I would have I would envision that it's going to be two DCU films, but 2025 could be a busy year for yeah DC. So at least they're giving themselves a little bit of time, it seems. Um, mm. Although the Batman and Joker both already had their own sequels and writing and all of that stuff in the works before all of this happened. So um, again, outside of the main realm of the DCU, but still adjacent. Um, and then the next TV show that they're going to be doing is Booster Gold. And we had a conversation. I can't remember which episode. I'm going to try to figure it out and put it in the show notes. But we had an episode where we were like, if Chris Hemsworth ever came over to the DCU, what character would he play? And my vote was Chris Hemsworth should come over, cross over from the MCU, and he should play Booster Gold because I think he would be an absolutely perfect Booster Gold. Uh, but Booster Gold is going to be a series that they're going to do at HBO Max, which I'm actually kind of excited about because Booster Gold is like that classic just like overbearing egotistical like really great at his job but he's a dick about it kind of guy um so i just i've always loved every iteration of booster gold that we've seen like loved booster gold in the animated stuff loved the booster gold that they had in the uh in the cw uh universe so i'm super excited to see what we do with the booster gold and to have a series i think that'll be fun um, and I trust Gunn in, in the realm of series because I really, really, really enjoyed what he did with Peacemaker. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, he, James Gunn describes this 
whole booster goal thing as uh, the imposter syndrome as a superhero. So we're going to delve into some like mental stuff going on <laughs> inside booster Gold's head. So I think this one, I think this one could be interesting. I think of all the TV shows. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Waller, but it's I think booster Gold is probably the one I'm looking most forward to. I imagine it's going to be co- comical, but also like uh, heartfelt yeah. and yeah. heartfelt, like really heartfelt at the end. Yeah. As he, he's going to probably reflect on himself quite a lot. So you couldn't just follow a complete Joker. Anyway, there's going to be another super movie. It's going to be Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. It's going to be taken very much from the Tom King miniseries that came out in the last few years. I think it was an eight-issue miniseries, which is now going for crazy amounts on eBay. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't buy it because I'm not the biggest fan of Tom King. Um, I think my thoughts on Tom King have made very clear over the years. I think I think you now what I've realized is you could read a Tom King comic and you should... Re- only read the speech bubbles and ignore the narration like that that tends to make <laughs> that tends to make his, his comics flow a little bit better anyway james gunn seems to be a fan and yeah we're gonna see that so supergirl um sort woman of, of tomorrow i yeah, i enjoyed superman man of tomorrow that animated film was actually pretty good so i don't know maybe this will be in line with that we'll see um what was it? So they said, uh, this is what they said, right? We will see the difference between Superman who was sent to earth and raised by loving parents. Uh, from that time, he was an infant versus Supergirl raised on a rock, uh, a chip off of Krypton who watched everyone around her die and be killed in terrible ways for the first 14 years of her life. And then comes to earth where, she, where a she hardcore is Supergirl, hard, huh? hardcore <laughs> and not the supergirl <laughs> we're used to so uh, maybe she's going to be a bit tougher a little bit more um hard edge i don't know if, that, like... if that's the case like based on that description then to me in my head that just screams like michelle rodriguez should be playing supergirl <laughs> <laughs> maybe so um didn't they cast someone to be supergirl like in the uh they years? did she popped up in oh oh no i can't remember her name but they did they did uh, cast a Supergirl, but since they got rid of all their other DCU casting, I don't know if they're going to keep it. They'll probably get rid of that as well. It's probably going to be a new casting. Well, I feel sorry for these people that get told they're going to play certain characters like Batgirl. And... Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, the last film, uh, Swamp Thing, uh, a horror movie that promises to uh, is going to close out the first chapter. So I get the feeling from this Swamp Thing, it's going to kind of be standalone. I think it's. I was. I was. I got this feeling it was a bit vague whether it's DCU or Elseworlds. Like yeah. he, do, he didn't seem to be particularly clear on where that sat. Like that. That's the one thing I wasn't particularly clear. All the others were definitely DCU. Yeah, this one has sure the about... least amount of information behind it. Um, yeah, but the fact Maybe that they're going it. full horror could be could be kind of exciting. I think. Uh, the yeah. the TV show that they did it got canceled. I think it was on NBC. Yeah before it moved over to the DC, what was that? The, no, the it was on, your, on the DC Universe app, and then they moved it to HBO. Right, yeah. because they lost their tax incentives. I believe yeah. they were filming it in Louisiana, which makes sense for a Swamp Thing film. Um, but my only uh, knowledge of Swamp Thing comes from the Jeff Johns run on The Blackest Night for the Green Lanterns. Uh, so that's that's the only like time I've ever been familiar with Swamp Thing. I've never actually read an individual, like a standalone Swamp Thing comic, but... I mean, <coughs> I think this could be cool. It's made, so just to, just to quickly summarize, summarize this whole thing. So we've got TV shows, Creature Commandos, Waller, Lanterns, uh, Paradise Lost, Booster Gold, 
And then from the movies, we've got Superman Legacy, The Authority, The Brave and the Bold, uh, the Batman sequel. Obviously, we've got the Joker sequel that we already know about. Um, Super Girl, Woman of Tomorrow, Swamp Thing. Of those things, what are you most looking forward to? I would say pick a movie and pick a TV show. Okay, pick a movie. The movie I'm most looking forward to is uh, it's going to be The Brave and the Bold. Uh, I really enjoyed that cartoon, so I really want to see what they do with the live action version of that. And then the TV show, as much as I'm excited about Booster Gold, honestly, I am really, really, really interested to see what they do with Lanterns. Yeah, I, do you know what's really weird? Like, you've picked the two I'm the most interested in. I'm, oh, funny. Like, I'm not bothered about this Superman thing. We, we yeah. keep constantly keep over the years since i was a kid superman reset after superman reset mm-hmm. i'm just bored of it just just you know I, I, one I know, and run with it i know i know i'm gonna sound like i'm some Zack snyder fan i'm not you know i'm not like you know he he did some good stuff he did some bad stuff he made some some mistakes along the way you know some of the tone wasn't right for every certain character or film but they should have just stuck with what they had Yes, okay, there was no contract. They made a verbal agreement. They should have stuck to it, you know, and I would be more than happy if Henry Cavill had still been Superman and we got Man of Steel too. Why they should have, and Henry Cavill could have easily played Superman for the next 10 years. He, yeah. he He's pretty young and healthy and fit and they could have done something like they're doing with the MCU. He could have handed over to his son or Superboy or or something if, if they were concerned or they could have just done a recasting in 10 years' time. People wanted Man of Steel 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not excited to read another, sorry, watch another sort of Superman. A, a start over, a do-over. Another yeah. start over. I'm not interested at all. Look, I'm going to watch it, obviously, but yeah. it's, you know, it's not. It's and I'm not sure it's going to be. forward re- to. It's something I'm sure is going to be good, but the brave and the bold. I like what they're doing here. They're doing Superman and his son. They're doing going something different. Batman and, and yeah, sorry, Batman and his son. They're doing something different, which which you know we've not seen that on a TV show, sorry, on a movie before, or a TV show. We've not seen that at all, live action. Um, so I'm really pleased to see that dynamic between Damien and Bruce. So, um, look, you know, Batman aside, I actually did think the first Batman. As well was pretty good, so I'm the, the Batman movie. So I'm actually looking forward. Well, apparently to it. people voted at their favorite film last year, which I don't know how because I guess none of you people saw Top Gun Maverick. But whatever, I'm still not bitter. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen both. I've seen both, but I hadn't seen Top Gun until after after the vote. But um, anyway, uh, TV show wise, <clears throat> I would say Lanterns. I like the idea of finally getting a Lanterns TV show. I was really hoping we would have got John Diggle as Green Lantern uh, mm. from from uh, the Arrowverse. He would have been a brilliant John Stewart. I would love it if they cast him. They should even just don't make it connected. Just make him John Stewart. Like just give him a chance. He would do it in a heartbeat, and he'd be good at it. I, I think since they cancel that Constantine reboot, um, I think they should cast Shelby Diop as uh, John Stewart. I think he would be an amazing Lantern. Plus that dude's. Like fighting skills are on point. Oh, was Constantine it. too definitely been cancelled then? No, no, there was supposed to be a Constantine TV show. They had oh, recast okay, okay, Constantine, okay. and he was going to play Constantine. Um, and ah, for those of you okay. not familiar with him, he was in Gangs of London, and he is fantastic in that series. Um, so they cancelled that Constantine TV show. So now he is not going to be John Constantine because they brought Keanu Reeves back, and they're doing a Constantine sequel film. Oh, okay. Um, so since HBO did him so dirty, I think the least that they could do is offer him a Jon Stewart role. Plus, if it's if he's playing a detective, like 
I, honestly, I think I think Shopee Day Up is the way to go with casting John Stewart as Green Lantern. Give it to him. Come on, HBO. Come on, Jimbo. I'm giving you some so, advice here. Do you think that before we finish off and move on from here, do you think that Constantine Two will be Elseworlds or part of the DCU? I think it's going to have to be Elseworlds. I think. Yeah. I think if if they are going to bring Joker into the fold, I think they're going to have to bring Constantine into. So no, no, I would jo- not be... no, jo- no, the Joker movie. Well, it's still Elseworlds, but like they're yeah. but they they have claimed it as being adjacent to the DCU. And I think if you're going to pull Joker that close to this DC universe, I think you're going to have to pull Constantine too. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get a name drop or something at the very least in in some of these Constantine films because that's the one thing we didn't have in the in the first Constantine film there is no mention of any other DCU characters not a mm. single mention and I think at the very least it, it, I'm not saying that we're going to get cameos or anything but like just to prove that we are in 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 the mix I think I think we might get some kind of name drop in this Constantine sequel one of the things I've wondered is if once the Batman and uh, the Joker have wrapped up their movies. I assume we'll get a trilogy of Batman movies. I'll assume there's going to be a trilogy of Joker movies now. Which, why? But we don't need it. Like, I know, you know, I know, we whatever. don't need it. But, <laughs> uh, well, people, if people stop going, then they'll stop making them. So I still cannot uh, believe that the Joker made as much money as it did. Like Over a billion, it's, yeah. It's so. literally the story of a guy throwing a fucking tantrum. Like, anyway, what I That's say a whole other like, conversation. Well, what I think <laughs> is once they're done, I think that James Gunn will probably stop these Elseworlds movies and just have his DCU. I yeah. don't. I think he's kind of been stuck with these projects because they make money. Yeah. And these DC are like, no, they make money. Yeah. DC so is that, definitely like, no, we're not shutting down a billion dollar franchise. Sorry. Yeah. Like James Gunn probably wanted to kill them off because mm-hmm. he's, you know, let's be honest, how much cancellations have we seen titans have been cancelled doom patrol has been cancelled mostly I mean, you literally got gone. rid of superman and wonder woman like, like nothing is off the chopping block right he, he's cancelled pretty much everything yeah. and, and i'm shocked that superman and lois has kind of been given at least a season or two more but i would i reckon 2025 that will be the end of that show i think he yeah. very much wants one batman one superman but i think he's stuck with the matt reeves and the joker uh, the Matt Reeves Batman and the, and the Tom Phillips Joker. I think DC has said, look, they make you know a Too lot much of money. money to ignore. We're, we're, we're not yeah. going to say goodbye to those <laughs> right. uh, because we don't know how much money your franchise is going to make. And yeah. I think that is actually one of the big concerns. Yes, okay, he's laid out this whole project, but what if the authority only makes Black Adam money? You know, Oof. Oof. I think, I think, what a dig uh, there. <laughs> uh, and no, but then how, how quickly is James Gunn's job going to be not very safe? So, right, right. I think if he can that. avoid scandals, uh, I think that they will keep him around for a significant amount of time. But uh, we'll see. D- DC is very prone to scandals, so we'll see. Well, I just think if they throw, <clears throat> you know, if if say Superman Legacy doesn't make what they want it to make, mm-hmm. are they going to say, "Look, James, mate, look, you know, you, you've gone and got rid of Henry Cavill, who people would have gone to see, right? Replaced it with who knows." Yeah. Some guy. <laughs> some... It's it's gonna have to be someone that no one is familiar with. Like you're some gonna have to get some up and comer yeah. because you can't some... recast it. Like you can't do what Netflix did and be like, yeah, we're going from Henry Cavill to Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just see it as some random Australian guy, like I mean, just I somewhere, some somewhere, or some or some English guy, somebody that no one's heard of. Yeah, maybe been on Australian <clears throat> or English TV, but that is yeah. it. 
I really wish though they would they would revive uh the because they shut down that Ava DuVernay film because she was going to be doing the New Gods. I and I wish they would do something with that. I wish they would bring her back or do something in some capacity because that was a film that I was very much looking forward to. I would I would love to see a woman director get her hands on Big Barda. I think that would be epic to see on screen. So hopefully we get we get to see something like that at some point. Maybe that'll be phase two of, of this new DCU reboot or something. We'll see. So normally me and Jasmine catch up on kind of what we've been watching or reading or playing or whatever in through the week. Whatever. And yeah, <laughs> and, and I'm sure there's plenty of whatever ins that we've done, some anime on Jasmine's side or some Korean <laughs> Korean K-pop music or something. And um like so she's been putting on her um I've forgotten that group, that little boy band Korean uh, BT little. They're not little. Come on, man. Yeah, no, BTS, uh, don't be hating. Yeah. You've probably got a BTS top in there somewhere in your flat. So, oh, sorry, apartment. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and I've been playing some Switch stuff. But anyway, we've watched the same film. This yeah, this, this only happened when we did Black Adam. Like, we didn't talk to each other about it, but we both went and saw Black Adam. And we were like, hey, let's just review Black Adam instead of what we had planned. Uh, but yeah, oh, we, we both saw Plane. We were both going to do Black Adam the following week. Yeah. And you were like, oh, I saw Black Adam last night. I saw Black Adam last night. I was like, okay, let's just do it tomorrow instead. Yeah. So, but over the weekend, we watched Plane. Yes. So, we're not, it's not going to treat this as a proper review. But so, Jared Butler plays Brody Torrance. Mike Coulter, everyone's favorite Luke Cage, plays Luke Cage. No, doesn't he? He plays yeah. Lewis. Uh, Gas- Gaspar. Something, Gaspar, something. Anyway, there's a bunch of other TV actors in this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a real low budget. Actually, I'd love to know. I didn't even look it up. Do you know what the budget is? Uh-uh. It couldn't have oh, been much, though. Oh, <laughs> You've right, only got must... two, two, two big guys in it, so... Um... Honestly, this was done on, like, a shoestring budget. I'm saying t- no more than 10 million. No, Listen, like, no. I mean, no. but they, they used the money well. I'll give them that. I will give them... It did not feel like a low budget. Oh, oh I wasn't far off. 25 million. That is amazing. <laughs> Who even makes action films for $25 million anymore? Like, come on. That's a bargain. So, so far, it's made $33.5 million. It came out over the last few days. It came out about three or four days ago. So, we're, by the way, we're recording on the 5th of February. So this came out, I think it was like on the 2nd or 3rd of Feb, something like that. Uh, so this film... <laughs> It says this film was announced in 2016, was acquired by Lionsgate in 2019, reacquired, then it was sold off again, reacquired in Lionsgate by 2021. It was shot in Puerto Rico. Uh, oh, apparently it was released mid-January in the United States. But anyway, um, so, uh, the plot of it is very simple. Jared Butler's playing. What plot? <laughs> the, pl- the plot, there is a plot. He's flying home. <laughs> Is it New Year's Eve? Yeah, New Year's Eve flight. Uh-huh. He's got a very stupid manager. I don't know what air traffic controller thinks it's intelligent to tell him to fly above a storm. And uh, I love some jokes in there about oh, you're the meteorologist now. Yeah, like, exactly. And, uh, <laughs> so, but and and you'd never fly. There was like 14 people getting on a plane. They would cancel that flight. They would first of all, fly. I have flown out of Singapore. It is one of the busiest airports in the entire world. There is no way. There is no way that they have a 747 
plane leaving Chiang Airport, and there were only 14 freaking people on they, it. They did that. They did that purely because of budget, and also they didn't want to have yeah, mainly budget because they didn't want to have probably a realistic 100 people yeah. landing on that strip. Yeah. So um, it would have been a bit more. It would have been more difficult to have managed. But also, that's 100 people's salaries, 100 people you got to feed on set, makeup, yeah. etc. Anyway, so. Uh, they had 14 people getting on the plane as they're about to take off. Mike Coulter suddenly with his... Um, He's uh, a fugitive that yeah, is being well, extradited to the US. Yeah. Uh, I was just, Well, I didn't know. No, I was going to say it's like, I don't know, FBI person, whoever it was. was yeah, his him handler. On as a, yeah, his handler. Yeah. yeah. Bring him on. His handler gets killed off. The plane gets struck by lightning. They land in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And the action all starts to basically save them from these... Um, uh, sort of militants that are on the island. Yes, they happen to land on an island that has no government and is run by militants. <laughs> so, but fun, do you know what? Times. Like, I don't, I don't want to say much more, but I love this movie. Yeah, I, this could, movie was great, man. It was so fun. You could feel the cheapness lie. of the, you could feel the cheapness of the movie. I'm not going to lie, but it was a good movie. It was, it was, like, good. Really, I, it was the, funny. The, the characters were fun. Like, it was easy yeah. to just like. Be like, okay, brain, you sit here. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to enjoy this and I'll pick you up later. Like, it was just very much like an hour and a half of, oh, this is great. Like, I mean, the violence in here is over the top. Like, people getting shot with 50 cal, oh my God, 50 cal rifles. And I was just like, <laughs> there would be no body left if you got hit with the 50 cal bullet. Like, that's amazing. There's some executions too, as well. Oh so, my god! Like, Somebody got pretty... run over by an airplane. <laughs> like, when does that ever happen? <laughs> this is amazing. I love this movie. Everybody uh, should I... go see Plane, please. Overall, though, I loved it. I thought it was a great yeah. film. Like, definitely go and see Plane. Yes, Plane is fun. It is seriously one of those films where it's like this is exactly what you signed up for. It is not trying to be anything that it is not. It's very no. much like, what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> how did we get here um, oh man so we won't say any more about it just go watch it enjoy yourselves yes. but, oh actually no the only thing I want to say um, talk about Mike Coulter's character lack of character development oh yeah um, now they set up a mystery about Mike Coulter's character yes. he's a arrested homicide which I thought you would uncover throughout the movie Mm-mm. but literally nothing Nothing is revealed about him at nope. all, other than he potentially could actually be a nice guy. Like, yeah, he, he does it's something that happened them. 15 years ago, apparently, when he was in the military, I believe the US yeah. military. He left, fled, the, fled wherever he was stationed, went and joined the French Foreign Legion. And then for 15 years, he's been on the run and they caught him in Bali and then brought him to Singapore to extradite him to back to the US. So the movie does end with him fading away, shall we say. Yeah, with $500,000 cash. <laughs> what I would say is it sets up a sequel. Yeah. Now, my question is, do we, do we want or need a sequel? I Absolutely not. I think that it's going to much very much depend on, does this make money? Like, and not so enough 20, for a sequel. So, no, let's, like, let's just say 25 mil budget, and let's mm-hmm. just say this makes 300 mil, like... Mm-hmm. Which it could, it could do. Like we've seen low low budget movies make three hundred mil. If this makes three hundred mil, they'll make a sequel. Yeah, like, they I'm will. telling you. Yeah. Uh, so. I mean, I, what was funny to me about Mike Coulter is, and he's like this in all of his roles. Like he is so soft spoken. So like even in the scenes where he's supposed to be like 
mad and like yelling. He still like has this very quiet yelly voice. <laughs> it's just mm. kind of like, who's going to take you seriously? Like I can see that you have this giant freaking like assault rifle in your hands, but you're practically whispering. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is happening here? Like uh, you should be angry and there should be yelling, but there's none of that. Mike Coulter is just like so even keel and so soft spoken. It's just like what? Well, I envision it'll be with a sequel. <laughs> They'll they'll only probably do it if they can get Jared Butler back. Yeah. So it'll be probably Jared Butler going to help him or something like that. So I think it'll be Gerard Butler is going to get reinstated as like an A-list pilot. Uh I think he will stop flying these crappy flights. They're they kind of go over why he got demoted as a pilot in the film. But uh I think he'll be promoted. And I think it's probably gonna be like if they did a sequel, it would be them running into each other again like it would Mm -hmm. be complete happenstance i don't think that either one of them would reach out uh but i think yeah i couldn't imagine that you oh my god hey what are you (laughs) doing here (laughs) right so we'll stop talking about playing now but yeah watch it honestly switch your brain off watch it enjoy it anyway it is definitely a popcorn just have fun have fun with it guys but it is it's worth it so for this week's comic book movie slash tv review it's ant-man 2015 so there's a lot of characters in this movie that it's sort of based off of. Let's just work our way through. So mm-hmm. Hank Pym is played by... Um, Michael Douglas. Yeah, yeah. God, I went blank then. Sorry. <laughs> Michael Douglas. Anyway, his character first appeared as Hank Pym in Tales to Astonish number 27, which came out in January 1962. He then appeared as Ant-Man same year, but in Tales to Astonish issue 35, which came out in September 1962. So his protege or in the movie, Scott Scott Lang, Lang um, played by Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. His first appearance as Scott Lang is in the Avengers 181, which came out in March 1979. And then as Ant-Man the following month, uh, in Marvel premiere 47, which was April 1979. So Hope Van Dyne actually is in the comics called Hope Pym. Uh, her first appearance was is in April 1999 in a comic called A Next, issue seven. I remember A Next. It was when Marvel were doing sort of a second generation of characters set in a fictional future. Hmm. So <clears throat> Janet Van Dyne appeared as the Wasp, in Tales to Astonish issue 44 and, and obviously as herself, which came out in June 1963. So most of these characters are from the 60s and the 70s, other than Hope, who came from the 90s. Hmm. So um, now this was written by uh, Edgar Wright, Joe Cornish, Adam McKay, Paul, and Paul Rudd, which I was quite shocked that Paul Rudd had a writing credit. Yeah, I, I saw sh- him when I was watching the credits and the, the, uh, he got a screenplay credit, and I was like, well, "Okay, that makes sense, I guess." <laughs> I wonder if it was kind of on set to the uh, ad lib. Well, yeah, I th- probably to play up to his strengths. He was like, "Hey, let me help you guys out. Let me help you make me look good." Yeah, yeah, is yeah, how I so. imagine that went. <laughs> <laughs> uh, directed by Peyton Reed, um, which Marvel gave him a second chance. Didn't Peyton Reed do Fantastic Four? Am I making I that up? Remember. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, do you wanna? Yeah, so it stars stars, uh, Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Corey Stoll, Bobby Cannavale, Michael Pena, T.I., Anthony Mackie, Wood Harris, Judy Greer, Abby Ryder-Forston, David Dasmalkian, and Michael Douglas. Uh, Released July 17th, 2015, with a running time of 117 minutes. The budget on this was, I mean, about 170. 
yeah, about 170 million. Uh, made box office of 520 million US dollars. So, which is uh, I, Marvel, I don't know, like that seems that seems like not a great margin for a Marvel film. I think if you think about it, Paul Rudd, Ant Man, unknown characters, yeah. It's probably in the vein of Black Adam money. I think it was very much a bridge film because I definitely remember back then it was just like I had no interest in Ant-Man. In fact, I did not see Ant-Man until after I saw Civil War because I was like, I don't care about that. And then when he popped up in Civil War, I was like, okay, well, I guess I got to go back and watch Ant-Man now. (laughs) It's, it's, you know, like we'll talk about the film, but they obviously had it planned of his necessity mm-hmm. to the overall structure of the film. They they must have even known that they would use him in Endgame. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, do you want to summarize the movie? All right, so short, sweet summary. Armed with a super suit with astonishing ability to shrink in scale but increase in strength, cat burglar Scott Lang must embrace his inner hero and help his mentor, Dr. Hank Pym, pull off a plan that will save the world. So what's your overall thoughts on Ant-Man 1? Uh, definitely enjoyed it this time around than the first time I saw it. Uh, but it 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 was fun. I would say if if I were to go back in time and if I had watched it in the order that it actually came out, um, it's definitely a very different tone than the rest of the MCU at the time because all of the other films were pretty serious. We were just coming off the Sokovia Accords in Avengers 2 and <clears throat> everything was just kind of heavy in in the bigger picture mcu stuff so this film really brought a lot of levity um and watching it again now kind of knowing how the whole first four phases play out it just i don't know to me it was definitely more enjoyable knowing uh how far the character eventually comes so <clears throat> I, I enjoyed it a lot more this time around. It was it was fun. It was funny. Um and it wasn't it wasn't as bad as I remembered it. <laughs> um what was it what was I say? I can't when when did this um 2015. Yeah, it came out in 2015. No, I was just thinking, did you I'm trying to think what, what movie did this come out of before or after? Um, well, the mid credit scene was a direct follow from, I mean, not mid credits, the end credit scene was a direct follow from the end of Age of Ultron, where they captured Bucky and he's, um, oh, okay, oh, oh, no, no, I've, no. Just got, I've just yeah. got it. No, it's a phase, two, so it's phase two. So, this is a phase two movie. So, there was Iron Man 3, 2013, Thor, The Dark World, 2013. Captain America Winter Soldier 2014, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, that was the first one, 2014. Then we had Age of Ultron 2015, and then Ant-Man 2015. So this actually was the last of the phase two movies. So Yeah. And it like um, it just it's a direct connect to the end well, of that one, yeah. So then yeah, so then the next movie in which is the first of phase three is Captain America Civil War, which mm-hmm. Ant-Man is in. Yeah. So this this is the last of the phase two movies. And this is where I think, uh, well, if you look at the phase two movies, they are predominantly built up of Iron Man and Captain America and mm-hmm. Avengers. Of that phase two, we've got Ant-Man and Guardians of the Galaxy where they are their risk-taking movies. So yeah. that, that's them starting to take a chance. So phase one was just made up of yeah. Captain America, Thor, Iron the Man, The big guys. Avengers. 
yeah. the big guys, which was which was a good way to start. You know, like yeah. just start with people that you, you start with your heavy hitters. Your ten ten pole characters. You know, your, yeah. your Supermans, your Batman's, your Captain America's, your Iron Man's, and then in Phase Two, they they predominantly held up phase two with 10 temple characters mm-hmm. through in guardians of the galaxy and introduce new people yeah, mm-hmm. yeah they started to introduce new people so i think i think it was a it was a good move um having that level of um stability whilst also making room for for the sort of the new characters so uh anyway my thoughts on this movie i i think paul rudd is kind of shocking in a sense that he's actually really good at it like <laughs> From, no, from having seen him in, you know, as Phoebe's husband in Friends, and just all, all <laughs> just all, like all these com- comical roles that he's played yeah. over the years, and yet he does have comedy in this. Yes, like, he also really mixes it well with action and and everything like that. Yeah. I was thinking as a movie, this <clears throat> ticks all the boxes. It, it's it's a good standalone film. You don't mm-hmm. need to have watched the other MCU. Yeah, no, not MCU at all. Movies. Um, but also, it also ticks the other box that it is well placed in the MCU. So mm-hmm. if you so so if you're a fan of actually, I like everything connected. I like a shared universe. It ticks mm-hmm. those boxes. If actually, if you're somebody who's more of a casual watcher, you don't need to. They set up nicely. They have the sort of shield um, scenes at the beginning and mm-hmm. the MCU dotted throughout. But it's it's. It's done so well. Um, they make a really good first impression with, in fact, all these introductions. The the writing, <clears> everything's <throat> done really well. It's really mm-hmm. strong. But I, and I love how all the characters play off each other. Overall, I really enjoyed this film. I'm I think I must have watched this film ten or twelve times. I oh really, my gosh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really really love these Ant Man films. I think they're really good. Like, oh, wow. So, um, I think these are nice family movies as well. Like I think it ticks, you know, the family box. The, you know, you can watch it on your own without the kids. You know, it it, it it's it's a really really good movie. Like I I really enjoy watching this film. So, um, I think I think uh, was it Michael Douglas and Paul Rudd are really good together. So yeah, it's definitely like the serious guy playing against the class clown. Yeah, yeah, like they they yeah. play off really well together. But actually, that's a nice little jump into our. I guess our favorite characters, and I, I sort of was reflecting on this a little bit. Like, my least favorite character is probably the villain of the story. Ah, well, well, no, no, like, as in, he, he's strong enough to, but I, don't, but I don't feel like he's strong as in he's quite evil, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, he's quite vicious, mm. and I, you know, he's quite, you know, he kills people quite recklessly. But there's very little in terms of character development for him, you know. He, he's quite one note. Um, I've forgotten his bloody name. Yellow jacket. Corey uh, Stoll. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So the yellow jacket. I, all of that is pretty cool. I just wish in some ways it was, again, Marvel. They don't tend to keep villains along, around for more than one film. Mm-hmm. So, well, a lot of comic book movies do that. But in terms of favorite characters, I'm really struggling. There's so many, like, <laughs> who I want to choose. Like, I was just so, so different for so many different reasons. Like, obviously, Paul Rudd, I think, carries this movie, like, brilliantly. Yeah. I think Michael Douglas as Hank Pym is really good. Um, oh, what's his name? Oh, that's it. Michael, Michael Pena. Michael Pena. Oh, oh my God, I uh, love Luis. <laughs> Luis is, like, one of the best characters going. Like, I, I just Check this wish... out. I was talking to my cousin, Ignacio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, honestly, how he does this, check this, like, honestly, I could not do this. I saw it. Like... <laughs> So my cousin, da, 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 like, uh-huh. and they're like, uh, like, they're like, can you just get to it? But I love how like Hank Pym and Lewis are together, and and um and um 
uh, Hope Van Dyne as well when they bring mm-hmm. in like his sort of gang crew. Yeah, and I, I love how they have to mix, the, like you say, the seriousness with the comedy. Yes, like honestly, how Michael Douglas must stand in that room and keep that straight face. <laughs> I have like, no idea. That takes like, skill. Like if if like I had Michael Penner just doing that whole, so my cousin, yeah, like, da, 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 like mm-hmm. I, I can't even, I can't even do it. Like that is skill. That acting is skill. So I I love all of that. So Michael Penner is, oh, I don't know, Paul Rudd, Hank Pym, uh, sorry, Michael Douglas, and and Michael Penner, like just they're they're like my three favorites in one. Just yeah, and the combination of all of them is just so good. Like yeah. how how they can play that comedy, but even even like. Oh, what's his name? Uh, the, the weird guy in their crew, uh, not T.I., oh, the other one, David Dasnakian. Uh, yeah, yeah, Kurt. Who David yeah. sh- has shown up pretty much every everywhere. He's in. Suicide I loved Squad. him in Suicide Squad. The yeah, Suicide the bug, Squad, rather the bug guy or something like that. No, he was know. Polka Dot Man. Oh, Polka Dot Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, <laughs> I forgot about that. So, like, but even T.I. is really good in this film. Mm-hmm. Like, they, 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 whoever did the <clears throat> casting should win an award. And we do know you can win an award for casting. Yeah. So, do you remember that? Uh, I can't remember which film that was. We were shocked that somebody won a... Was, <laughs> like, but they should win an award for the casting in this movie. They've done yeah. really well. Everyone worked really well together. Like, this was... I mean, I would definitely say that this is an ensemble cast. Um, and they nailed it the cast has such great chemistry and that's why it's so hard for you to pick like a favorite character because everybody is just so good at their specific role like i I love even the kid even cassie was good like i i liked her a lot too i would say my favorite was definitely though louise louise and um cross were my favorite you didn't like the villain but i love Corey stoll and no i like him as an actor he was in that (laughs) he's in that tv show i used to watch um Oh, the strain. He oh my strain. God. I love the strain. Yeah. So I met Corey Soul when I lived in LA. Um, we were hosting a uh, film festival at the theater that I worked at and he was there and I was like, oh my God. It, at the time he had just come off of Lucky Number 11, which is one of my favorite movies. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I loved you in Lucky Number 11. And he was like, ah, you've seen that? And I was like, <sighs> yes, of course I've seen that. But he's so nice. Like he, like to me, his actual personality is pretty much his like the nice side of the version that you see in this film. Like when he's bubbly and smiley, like that is very much him not doing very much acting because that is just his personality. Um, but I I love the kind of villain who is ambitious enough to be like, yo, I know you're my mentor, but fuck you. Like I'm about to take everything that you ever made and I'm going to do it better. Um, so I loved his ambition as the villain in this film. Um, I know you said he's kind of one note and I can see that, but like, I just enjoyed that he was so cutthroat and like, we're going to do this at all costs. Like that one sequence where that one guy after the, uh, this is toward like the beginning of the film, but after the demonstration, he's like, no man, that's too much power. Like you don't, you you, you don't need to be selling anything like that. And he just like vaporizes that guy in the bathroom. <laughs> I know. Like, like, and then he cleans him up with like, like with a with, paper like, towel. Paper. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh my God. I, that was so good. He's just like, just so casual, like leaning against the sink. Like that is the kind of villain that is my favorite type of villain where they're just so nonchalant about murder. <laughs> they're just like, oh, vaporize you. Let me just go ahead and wipe this muck up off the floor and keep yeah. on trucking. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely said Corey Soul as uh, Cross and then Michael Peña as Luis were my two favorite characters in this film. But I did enjoy everyone. Like I, I just thought everybody played so well off of each other. I just got up, I just got up some information about casting. So Jessica Chastain was originally offered the role of Hope. Mm-hmm. Would you have? Would do? Would you have 
I don't think so. Oh, she'd have been great. No, no, I prefer the um, what's her name? Evangeline Lilly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I prefer that casting. I, I'm a huge Lost fan, so whatever she's in, I all I'm. I think Jessica's chain to me is like a chameleon. Like she, when she takes on something, she is to me. It's so different than a lot of the stuff that she's done before. Um, mm. I love her. She, I think she would have brought a level of elevation to the role of hope um but i honestly don't see why they would have needed to go as high caliber as jessica chastain because i think she would have outshined paul rudd yeah that that could be why well that I, yeah you're right she would have stood out above above yeah. them and yeah. I, she may not have liked the fact that the wasp wasn't in this movie so <laughs> um Anyway, I thought that, that that was an interesting take. I always wonder. I, it's always interesting to hear, like other who who almost who, got it, right? Who almost got it? Yeah. yeah. So, um, but overall, I think this cast was really good. It isn't just an Ant Man movie, you know. Like some movies are really carried by, like Robert Downey Jr. The Iron Man films are carried by Robert Downey Jr. This film yeah. is carried by all of them. Yes. So, Yes. Like even like the little bits like Lewis TI yeah. and, and yeah. even like Bobby Cannavale's role as the cop. Like every everybody has oh, yeah. a a part to play, but like they all play it well. Yeah. And um I've forgotten his ex-wife, but she Judy shows Greer. up in she yeah. shows up in lots of things as as the mum. Mm-hmm. So oh, she's not a massive <clears throat> actress, but she shows up in a lot. So um so the structure of the movie itself. What I, I think, I think it's well written, well paced. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually they do really well. Like I've said this a minute ago, interlinking it with the MCU and also breaking down a good, strong origin movie of, but the origin of Scott, the mm-hmm. origin of Hank, Hope, um, yeah, uh, Janet as well. Very briefly gets a mention and a cameo, as well as the introduction of the the pin particle and mm-hmm. its links to shield i just think how how they juggle this overall yes. movie while allowing the creators like peyton reed you know the sort of the, the the sort of the screenplay and the cinematography to have their own style and let mm-hmm. them breathe on their own but they also very cleverly link to those sort of the, it's like a bridge, like you say, from phase two right. into phase three. It, um, it, it does its job. Like, if this is going to be the last film of the phase, you're kicking off the next phase. Like, this is a perfect film for that because it wraps up the second phase and it leads you straight into phase three. Like, this movie does so well. You said earlier it was a standalone. And I it definitely is a standalone. Like, they mentioned the Avengers. So even if you've not seen all of the MCU movies, like, you have an idea of who the Avengers are. So you don't have to have all of that background knowledge. Like, yeah, they talk about S.H.I.E.L.D. They mention Hydra briefly and they mention the Avengers. And of course, we have the sequence with Anthony Mackie. But you don't have to like this is not like you had to watch the 10 films that came before it to understand this film. Like the way that they used the MCU history was done really well to where it didn't feel like this burden to sit there and watch Ant-Man. Do you have a favorite scene at all? or scenes so it's not it's not like one particular scene but the way that they did Luis's stories was so good to me like it would start with Luis be like yo so i was talking to my cousin ignacio and then it would just like 
go into this voiceover, but the voiceover and the lip syncing is perfect. Oh, and yeah, it's yeah. like when they did those whole sequences, like with the with the housekeeper, and then they did it toward the end of the film with the writer, the super hot writer chick or whatever. Um, I love the way that they did those little flashback sequences. I thought that that was just so fun and it fit the character's personality. Like that definitely feels like that's exactly what is happening in Luis's mind as he's telling you this story. So I thought that the way that they did that was really cool. Um, uh, I think um, I love that, you know, you just said about Luis's, I love Luis's um, whole <clears throat> um, narration. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool. But I love that actually um, Hank Pym knew that he would get, that's how clever Hank yes. Pym is. Yeah. He, know, he knows that Luis hears about, you know, sort mm-hmm. of eighth hand gossip like that he's that he's well connected to his local uh network yeah but so hank pym knew that he would hear this story so he like dropped the news you know eight people away and it mm-hmm. fed its way to lewis like he, that, that that for me was really clever i love the fact that we have lewis's funny comedy moment that actually was used well for yes storytelling so it wasn't just a actually a funny just a funny way a funny moment it was a right. funny moment but the cleverness of the writing here is that they use that funny moment to yeah. actually show how Scott ended up in Hank Pym's house stealing the Pym right. particles and the Ant-Man suit. <clears throat> it was very well cleverly structured mm-hmm. uh, and set up nicely to have them all involved. I, lo- I love the just the whole build-up of it and actually yeah. you can find out how clever Hank Pym is. So yeah. It reminded not- me a lot of Ocean's Eleven, like the way yeah. that they would go back and tell the story after the action had already happened. Um, so I, re- I, I love the way that they did that. So not necessarily like a favorite scene, but I just loved, I love the way that they portrayed that in the film. So I would say oh, those are my favorites. There's so many good moments in there. Like even like Scott breaking in, just showing his ingenuity. Mm-hmm. So you can see like why Hank, Hank obviously wants Scott to go and steal. Yeah. Um, the, the, uh, the yellow jacket and stop mm-hmm. all that research, etc. He wants to bring it to an end. Where so Scott, so Hank is obviously the scientist, but Scott is obviously the 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 man on the ground. Yeah, and he recognizes his role. He is the thief, mm-hmm. and obviously <clears throat> he, his his you know hope is angry that Hank's not sending hope out, and and Scott's yeah. like, no, he's sending me because I'm dispensable. Mm-hmm. Like you know, he loves you. That's why you can't go. But then when you see him in action, where he you know melts the thing and gets the fingerprint and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, I was like, this this guy like yeah, he's good. Well, he at what said he, he was a mechanical engineer, so well, you know. So, but he's good at what he does, and um, I think it's great. Like, but yeah, one of my favorite scenes though is between Anthony Mackie and Paul Rudd, where they're having the fight scene. It's <laughs> yeah. just so funny. It's a, yeah. it's a really funny moment, and Anthony Mackie as well is a serious guy, mm-hmm. so you can imagine him and Paul Rudd. Like Anthony Mackie's trying to be like straight faced while also trying to fight a guy who shrinks down to the size of an ant. Yeah. And the com- and afterwards he's like, "Don't let anyone tell tell." Yeah, Cap don't tell Cap. This. Don't ever tell <laughs> don't Cap don't about Cap. this. What's funny um, to me though is that Anthony Mackie they make Falcon this like super serious guy. Anthony Mackie is the biggest jokester on all of the Avenger sets. Like every time he is on set, he is the guy that you got to watch out for because he's most likely to break character. Yet he plays such a serious part. <laughs> I, I always remember um, Tom, Tom. This is before Captain America Four was announced. I always remember Tom Holland and Anthony Mackie, be, um, Anthony Mackie being interviewed, and he was giving him grief, giving um, Tom Holland grief, like like banter. Yeah. And then Tom Holland turns around and goes, "Oh, um, what's your solo movie? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's that called?" And Anthony Mackie's like, 
yeah whatever like, <laughs> so, so, like, it's funny how he's ribbing tom holland like, yeah um, but anyway no i think mean, overall this is a great movie it's a really good family movie mcu movie standalone movie it's so well written cinematography yeah. is excellent i i love this movie it's a really good movie like i said i watched it like 12 times i i i want to save any fives because we still haven't seen three yet um but uh, my only beef with this film was the relationship between uh hank and hope um not hank scott and hope because i felt like that came out of nowhere like we knew it was going to happen but like it came out of nowhere there was no build up to them before they actually kissed um so i did not that that was out of place i think they could have kept alluding to it and then made it something bigger in the second film which they do make it bigger in the second film yeah yeah it just seemed very out of place and rushed. That's, I think they that threw is that my in. biggest I, beef with this. I think they threw that in. They didn't want to have the romance be at the front, yeah. but they also didn't want Hope to be the romantic side piece of the mm-hmm. movie. So so they kind of, but they also didn't want to leave the audience with like, oh, nothing happened. Like there yeah. was no, you know, most of these films, there is an element of a love interest mm-hmm. and there was no time to really develop that love interest. Exactly. So yeah, though. that's I mean, probably that's you could have left it at like thing. flirting. Like you could have left yeah. it at a maybe, maybe we will, and then you just confirm it in the second film. Um, Actually, I did like it when he was like, "Oh, um, hope you know, I can't, I can't believe you did that." Yeah, I can't believe like, you did it. Yeah. And as, he, and as, he, as he's walking away, Hank was chatting out, "You're full of shit, Scott." And he's like, yeah. "I know, I know, yeah. I know." <laughs> like, so Scott was clearly after her. So, yeah. Like, and uh that, that was good i like that moment between the three of them i like the hanks like full of shit score yeah <laughs> so, uh i'm actually really excited to watch the second one again for next week so yeah i, I thought it was a great movie but anyway i'm gonna give it a 4.5 out of five okay i'm not gonna go that high i'm gonna give it a four um yeah. but i i think that that four is definitely higher than i would have given it in 2015 um so, so i enjoyed it more this time around so We'll so see. next episode, next episode, we will be reviewing Ant Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm, How did mm-hmm. you know? Did you know? Like, did <gasps> dun, you figure dun, it out? Goodness. Uh, sh- like, I think we that should be fine for the following week. Ant Man three. Um, anyway, so you can follow us on social media. We are Geeks and Niche everywhere: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Just Geeks and Niche. Hit us up. Yep, and you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts: Google Podbean, Apple, Spotify. We're everywhere. So please leave us a five star review and tell your geeky friends. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening and see you next week. Good journey.